and welcome to an ECFL podcast. My name is Katerina Botel and here we will be speaking to Kadri Leek, author of the first chapter called Russia in the Scorecard 2015, our European foreign policy publication where we've given our annual assessment of Europe's performance upon dealing with issues from across the globe. Europe's relations with Russia in 2014 brought sea change. Russia's annexation of Crimea and the invasion of eastern Ukraine turned relations from problematic into an urgent strategic problem. Kadri Leek, ECFR's senior policy fellow and expert on Russia, explains the challenges in 2014. Basically, our assessment has been that while in the first half of a year, EU was quite helpless, trying to react uh, to the events uh, and not very effectively. Uh, if you remember Ukrainian revolution, um, when people were killed, the EU couldn't do more than utter statements of concern, and that was pretty embarrassing. However, after the annexation of Crimea, and especially since the summer when the EU got its sanctions policy in place, it started to, uh, to do a lot better. And our view is that the sanctions are working. They are restricting Russia's room for manoeuvre. Um, but the EU might have to do more to convert them into a proper policy tool. In the scorecard, the area's security assurance and visa policies with Russia got the lowest grades. Stationing troops on the territory of new member states is something Germany disagrees with. Because that's forbidden by the 1997 NATO-Russia Act and Germany tries to stick to that document. At the same time, um, there have been many other ways to offer reassurance to the Baltic states, Poland, Romania. The uh, United States reacted very quickly and uh, the Baltic states got troops on the ground within six days from asking. Also, Germany is investing a lot into uh, NATO uh, Corn of East, uh, <coughs> which is stationed in Sechin. And, and the United States is leading on a rapid reaction force. So there are many sort of roundabout or, or different ways of, of offering reassurance. They all fall short of, of stationing permanent troops. But, but then again, um, at one point, risk matters maybe maybe less. The main thing is that, that proper, credible defence plans are in place and, and Russia knows that they are in place. There has been debate on whether the way the EU reacted to the protests in Maidan was adequate and whether the EU should have tried to mediate a peace deal between Yanukovych and the protesters earlier. Leek agrees that the EU did not react well to the situation. It was very difficult to mediate, given that Ukrainian protesters were very determined. They wanted the regime gone, ever more so, as, as time went by. And they lacked proper leadership who could have done compromises in their name, the people who, in the end, represented the protesters, Klitschko and others, um, their credibility with Maidan was not that high, and they knew it. They, they knew that they couldn't really uh, sell a tough deal to Maidan. And, that was, and Yanukovych, then again, lacked strategy and uh, probably suffered uh, under pressure from the, the Kremlin, mm. But basically, he just took a day at a time and hoped that the trouble will somehow go away. So that sort of thing makes it really hard to mediate. You, you, you don't really have responsible actors between whom to, to, to do something. 
So I'm afraid that whatever the EU, it's 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 a shame we didn't make a bigger effort. But but I wonder whether anything could have worked out with Yanukovych in in power. So with some luck, we ended up with what we ended up. Uh, I think the agreement mediated by the three foreign ministers was not was not so bad in the end. Um, even though it has created lots of passions in, in Russia where they think that the EU failed Yanukovych. Russians tend to see it as EU giving some guarantees to Yanukovych, which was not the case. Um, but on the ground in Ukraine, it somehow provided some structure for the regime change that was going to happen anyway, but otherwise it would have been a completely uncontrolled collapse of the regime, whereas now it was up to a point controlled. And many of the next steps were in fact agreed with uh, Yanukovych, which um, I think was not so bad in the end. But there are also areas in which the EU and Russia could collectively make progress, whereby sanctions might be lifted, depending on how the current situation develops. Right now, uh, as we speak, there is new escalation in eastern Ukraine and things look like sanctions will continue to be in place. Uh, but we will see. Risk can change. Uh, the first sanctions expire in March. Um, the more meaningful ones expire in July. So there is still t- some time to go. And then the EU will need to decide what to do. Uh, you will need unanimity to extend the sanctions. Otherwise, they will just automatically expire. Uh, so this is a tough test. And I think Germany will, of course, be leading power here. What Germany thinks is, is likely to happen. Uh, and of course, uh, Ukraine uh, on on many fronts. One thing, what will happen in eastern Ukraine? Will Russia step up its escalation? What's the actual aim of it? Uh, does Russia really want to conquer more land? I don't think it does, but occasionally it looks like they might be prepared to. Um, and secondly, Ukraine itself. Will Kiev manage the reforms that are necessary, economic reforms as well as first and foremost anti-corruption reforms? Because this revolution was about corruption and this is the thing that the new government needs to address. And I'm not sure they are addressing it well enough. Uh, Europe is prepared to help Ukraine in all ways they can. Mm. But Ukraine needs to help itself as well. Otherwise, it will not work out. So Europe will need to figure out the right balance between uh, help and toughness, the sort of tough love towards Ukraine, to make sure that we protect it vis-à-vis Russia as best as we can, but that Ukraine cannot free ride on our goodwill not making reforms. You can find a download of our publication Scorecard 2015, as well as background information to our annual scorecard research and the full data on our website at ecfr.eu slash scorecard slash 2015.